Idolatry is a great enemy of the gospel, and it is most common among those who are not Christian, whereas religion is the enemy of the gospel that is most common among those who are religious and Christian in nature. I'll explain to you idolatry and how it is a great offense to the gospel. It is a great attack on the gospel. I was in Vishakapatnam, East India, a few years ago. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm walking down this dirt lane, and there's a... Uh, an altar there, and there's a shrine that is built, and there's chicken blood and feathers everywhere. There's idols as far as the eye can see. They worship everything that you could possibly imagine. I asked one of the pastor's wives who was planning a church in this rural village, I said to her, do you think you will ever come to the United States and visit my country? She said, I did once, and I will never come again. I said, why? She said, I cannot stomach the idolatry as I'm standing next to the altar where chickens get whacked for apparently the chicken god. <laughs> Thinking to myself, this is not what I was expecting to hear. I said, well, where are the shrines of false worship and idolatry in our culture? She said, your god is your stomach and you have restaurants everywhere. Your god is your sports teams and you build multi-million dollar stadiums to house them. Your God is your television, and all of the chairs in your home are lined up so that your family can gather around the altar and worship that God. And it dawned on me that idolatry is what we often see in someone else's culture. In our culture, we just think it's the Bass Pro Shop, the Steakhouse. We just think it's the place where you to go to get recreational sporting goods, movie theater. We just see it as entertainment. We see it as hobby. We see it as sport. We don't see it as religion. We don't see it as spirituality. We don't see it as idolatry. And sometimes it is. Often it is. Hello. This is Proof Beyond Reason. This is Gia speaking. That was Mark Driscoll. You just heard. Marky Mark. Even though so many things have happened to Mark. You know, we keep shouting out Mark Driscoll. Yeah. I hope so, he eventually listens because there's much love for him in spite of anything that happened. He, he's awesome. Shout out to Mark. Big shout outs. So today, you know, it's clear we're talking about idols. Yes. I have idols. G, you got idols. I got plenty of idols. <laughs> <laughs> need to break those idols down today. <laughs> We're destroying idols today. Uh, give a real quick shout out. Matthew Movement, uh, Wear What You Believe. They are our sponsors today. Uh, if you would like to uh, be one of our sponsors, please hit us up on our Facebook account or our email. ProofBeyondReason at gmail.com. Yo, there's a hurricane coming. Yo, it's crazy. Yeah, Harvey hit. Now Irma's coming straight for us. Man. I just showed you a video yeah. of the destruction. It was uplifting trees, people. Where was that at? Again? That was one of the islands off the coast of Puerto Rico. Mm. So it's already touching. Dang. Gotta call my grandma. See if she's alright. Um, man, I know right now I'm idolizing gas. I was at the gas station for a minute waiting for gas. Uh, so I'm grateful that I got gas. I have I gas righteousness. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm in a better place because I have gas. I'm in a better place because we bought some pizza. Oh, snap. feeling good. Yeah, it's true. Feeling good. Idols the stomach. <laughs> Idols the stomach. Yes. Just as Mark Driscoll said, you know, we have restaurants everywhere. Shout out to, uh, to Papa John. Got that 40% off. Oh, snap. Love it. Love it. 
budget righteousness. But touching upon idols now, uh, this is a topic that is or that pulls straight to my heart most of the times. This is something I've talked countless times about. I've written countless articles. I've debated. I've discussed with various people in the church, out of the church, even to my own family. Mike, we've talked about this countless times as well. But idolatry, this is something that doesn't just touch on Old Testament. It doesn't just touch on the Jewish traditions, as Mark even said it in that little excerpt. Idolatry is everywhere. It can go from what we eat to what we think about our sports team. Yeah, you know, what he mentioned in the clip, right, was was the fact that when we think of idolatry, we think of a statue, we think of, you know, some weird ritual that people practice, sacrifice animals to, and so on and so on. But when you start thinking thinking about the definition of idolatry being uh, something that you hold uh, to greater prestige or you, you put on it, uh, it's something that gives your life purpose and meaning. Mm-hmm. That then becomes an, a thing that you would sacrifice to. You would you would sacrifice time. You would sacrifice money. You would sacrifice everything for whatever this thing is that would control you. So I think if we think along those lines of if that is what idolatry is, I think all of us we can be honest with ourselves. We can really make a huge list of things yeah we i mean there's a ton of things that you can even discuss on just by itself of the worship of materialism we can have people discuss various things of what they would like even their career choices so they can say hey look i have a car they'll pour in so much money on that car and they'll just post pictures on instagram facebook and they'll just be like yo have you checked out my car look at my car man and then they don't even see it themselves, but they have put their car to such a position that we don't even realize that if that car just broke down, we lost everything that we invested mm-hmm. so much time and devotion to. Mm-hmm. It's tragic in a way, but it's something that we've always struggled with as people. We have turned away from God in that sense and now glorify the creation, just like Paul discussed. Yeah, and Romans. You know, we uh, we worship the creation or we worship the the creature rather mm-hmm. than the creator who is to be blessed. And even in that verse uh, it, it, in Romans one, it talks about how, um, you know, we they've made essentially idols out of you know, people or animals and all kinds of things. So it gives you still this picture of that statue type of idolatry but even so when you look at it he talks about the idolatry of sexuality you know sacrificing everything for the purposes of being fulfilled in in, for sexual pleasures um and richard keys uh, the author of the idol factory um he says this he says uh, uh the idol begins as means of power enabling us to control but then overpowers and controls us. Oof. So we think we ha- we're in control when we're drinking liquor. You know, we think we're in control when we're, you know, smoking or, or we're, we're partying. Wh- whatever is giving us that pleasure. 
whatever we're running to when we're celebrating, whatever we're running to when we're sad, whatever we're running to when we're bored, that's the thing that we think we have control over, but in fact, it has control over you. And we see this huge trend right now uh, with, with smartphones. Yep. Smartphones is designed for us to actually have more control over our lives, including our schedules, to make life easier. So we can, we can access the bank and make our transactions and all that at, you know, at, at our fingertips. We, we should be able to do reports right there. I know, gee, you use it to write your yep. stories, um, you know, send out emails. Everything is supposed to be a lot easier because it's always accessible and at your fingertips. But what it's become, it's become a slave master. It's enslaved us. Our mm-hmm. cell phones, our iPhones, our, our galaxies, our whatever you got in your hands. Um, it's enslaved us. We, we are addicted to YouTube. We're addicted to Facebook and, and Instagram. And, you know, not only, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of categories you could even put in that because the, the phone could be the slave master, but then there's sub-slave masters yep. within that. Social media in itself. So social media, the need to be affirmed or recognized or have some form of righteousness by posting pictures of your kid and showing how cute they are. You get 100 likes, 200 likes, and you get all geeked about it. Um, but that's an even greater sense of idolatry in itself because you put yourself as God. So you become the idol that you worship. It's like layers. Yep. There's layers and layers and layers of, you know, if it starts at the smartphone, you know, you get, it's crazy. You get to the point where, like, your pocket's vibrating. Like, your phone's not ringing. You're not getting text messages. But you check it so often, you think your pocket is vibrating. So you check your phone. Yep. And, and nobody's calling you. Nobody you know reaching out to you whatever and maybe you didn't get a new email maybe you did but it's this illusion that you get you're like oh i gotta check my phone i need it i need it it's crazy it is crazy one of the funny things that i experienced recently or more often past year that i've worked at this new job is my coworker. she loves to have her phone on her so she'll she'll be one of those social media fanatics where they'll post pictures and everything but she will take her phone before she takes her keys. And sometimes she'll walk out. 30 minutes later, she'll come with a smile. She's like, guess what I forgot? I was like, your keys. But what does she have in her hand? Her phone. It's funny because my mother-in-law has the opposite effect. Shout out to my mother-in-law. <laughs> she, she'll go. She'll get all her stuff. She'll bounce. She'll like literally make a U-turn, come back. She's like, I left my phone. And her phone is huge. It's like the size of your laptop. It's ridiculous. Like my phone. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's about the size of your phone. When we... Uh, shout out to Crosspoint Church. Um, we've been going there for five years. And, and part of the, the... I guess you would call it membership classes. Or we call it uh, gospel partnership classes. Um, they have a, a really good curriculum that goes... And it talks about our sinful nature. It talks about the accomplishment um, of the cross through Christ and what he has done for us, what he continues to do for us. Then it has a section that goes into idolatry. Um, And, you know, they adapted many concepts from uh, Tim Keller, uh, the gospel-centered life, 
uh, by missional communities. They also looked at um, uh, different concepts from Richard Keyes and, uh, and kind of put this thing together, uh, which is very interesting, which we'll go through uh, related to idolatry. And one of the main concepts I want to touch on is uh, this concept that we have, when I talked about layers, mm-hmm. we have different layers. We have root idols and then we have surface idols. So it's different dimensions. The root idols is essentially uh, categorized in four in four ways based on you know uh, based on uh, uh, these these books or um, it says uh, it's divided in, into power, approval, comfort, and control. So for power and the way uh, it's broken down, it says life only has meaning and worth if I have influence over other people. That's the root idol of power. And then uh, approval idolatry is where life only has meaning and worth if I am loved and respected by fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. So loved and respected by G, loved and respected by uh, my coworkers or my wife, etc., then you have the next root idol, which is comfort idolatry, which talks about life only has meaning and worth if I have this kind of pleasurable experience or this quality of life. So if my paycheck is this way, I'm good. If I have a schedule that allows me to watch 12 hours of Netflix a week, then I'm good. I, I'm in a place where I'm comfortable. I don't have to stretch myself too much. I don't have to... Uh, speak uh, publicly. I don't have. I don't, I'm not forced to share the gospel. I'm not. I don't do any of that. I can just stay in my bubble. Um, I, I'm comfortable. This is where I want to be. This is my happy place. And then you have control idolatry, which is different than power idolatry. So control idolatry says uh, life only has meaning and worth if I'm able to get uh, mastery over my life in these areas. So power is control over other people the control idolatry is control over my individual circumstances so uh, success in a career correct so being successful or planning out you mapping out your week Mm -hmm. and you have everything scheduled monday through friday and you're making sure that everything on your task list gets accomplished and if it doesn't that idol of control Mm -hmm. has just been messed with and you will go insane so anytime you mess with an idol, you touch your idol. If I if I grab your cell phone, if if uh, you know anything that you are sacrificing to that you worship, and and particularly as we talk about these root idols, if for some reason you can't influence someone, so I'm talking to G, and we're going back and forth about the history of the church, and maybe he has some facts that I don't, but my idolatry, uh, my root idol, the one that that really holds me is power. I want to influence G. I want him to to be convinced of what I have to say. If he's not convinced and if I don't have control over him, then perhaps I'm going to be devastated. I might lash out at G Mm -hmm. because you messed with my idol. Now it's your fault. Now we fight because you messed with my idol. And if you think about it, for me, the ones I deal with, the ones I wrestle with the most, the one I wrestle with the most is control is that I want all of the circumstances of my life to be within 
my mastery to be within my grasp i want to be able to uh do if i go to school i want to be able to have focused attention with my schedule i want to um you know if i want to spend time with my daughter uh, i i want to have devoted time to do that if i have a bunch of things i need to do for the day you know that i need to have full control over the areas of my life and when it doesn't happen i snap off i'll snap on anybody who's around um, what do you think? What do you think you wrestle with? Power, approval, comfort, with control. Pride in myself because, well, mostly it's just research. Research is my strong suit as well as something I struggle with, which I've now finally found a balance to. But you remember before in high school, I used to sit down and I used to go extensively researching and then I'll debate people. And because I had these facts, I would easily lash out at people. And just be like, no, you're wrong. And then, boom, I'll destroy their sense of idols or their belief system. And just like we were discussing briefly or like you were praying in the beginning, like I would completely destroy it, but I would not replace it with something mm. that was actually worth like replacing, which is Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, yes. I mean, he's talking about completely destroying worldviews. Yes. I mean, back in days, they used to say that I was the torpedo, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it was. But essentially, research, I would research extensively, and I was not really noticing that research was my idol. So instead of just learning for the spread of the gospel or introducing others to the gospel, I was learning just so I can attain this wisdom or this knowledge and see myself elevated. Mm. But yet, I was also not seeing that I was not showing love to people in compassion which is something Ravi Zechariah hit home to me one day when I was just sitting at home and he was just like it doesn't matter what you teach people or what you know if you do not have the love of Christ it's nothing mm. yeah and Paul talks about that too he yep. says you, know, you have all the power you have all the prophecy you can have this you can have that but you don't have love man what's the point what's, what, is the, what is the motive what's the point see but then your research idol is actually a surface idol mm -hmm. The root idol is power because you want you want to do your yep. your surface idol in order to have you know influence mm -hmm. over others. Um, my wife, one of the things she struggles with is is the comfort idol. You know, she kind of wants to stay in her bubble. She doesn't want, she doesn't want to um, engage in conflict, even if it's good conflict. Uh, sometimes she rather avoid it. With me, she's more comfortable with having conflict to a degree, um, whether positive or confrontational, but. Uh, generally speaking, she just wants to stay in her space. She just wants to, um, you know, if, if she's comfortable, just, you know, hanging out in the living room, that's where she wants to be. If she's comfortable, um, you know, going to a particular store to do her shopping, that's where she's going to be. If she, uh, you know, if she, she wants to go to the gym, she wants to make sure she only works out in these machines and then she's out. You know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't explore the other ones. Um, and so some of the surface idols that are listed here, um, uh, are also um, uh, things like, and I'm just going to name a couple. I'm not going to, there's like an extensive thing here, but um, so these are some of the surface idols. So it's like work idolatry, where life only has meaning and worth if I'm highly productive and getting a lot done. Mm -hmm. So there's this worship or, or this sense that I have more righteousness as a result of working hard and getting things done. It's, it's an illusion that we put in our mind. Materialism, which you talked about, materialism, idolatry, is life only has meaning and worth if I have a certain level of wealth, financial freedom, mm -hmm. and a very, very nice possessions. 
the new iPhone, the new Galaxy. Right. The, I get criticized. See, I get criticized because I can have maybe my idolatry can go two ways. So either I want the new and that can be seen as an idol if I'm sacrificing for it and so on and so on. Or it could be what I claim to be righteousness, where right now I'm, I'm rocking this iPhone 4S and the 8 is about to come out. Yo, people are clowning me heavy. Um, and I'm clowning just because it's Apple, but ah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know what? It's crazy because the more like I'm, I'm all about Apple products. But as I keep looking at some of the new stuff, I'm like, yo, Apple is falling behind, fam. Like they better step it up with that eight. Um, but, you know, I can I can easily hold this as an idol to say, well, I'm not like you. Mm-hmm. I'm more righteous because I'm not spending the money to get all the new stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it yeah. go both ways. So we have to be careful, really, and examine our hearts as to the purpose, um, you know, the presentation, the the sacrifice, the purpose, the presentation, the sacrifice that we're giving to these things. Is it is it worth it? And I, it, it's funny you just touched upon the heart because Jesus discusses in Matthew six twenty one for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And that's something to touch upon a lot because usually we'll just say something in regards to, hey, I just love that. But we throw around, like we talked about it previously before the episode, we just throw around the word love without giving or knowing the real meaning to it. So we'll say we love this or we love that. Like you could say, I could take my example. I can love my niece. I'll put pictures up on social media, but you could take that even further and just say I'm worshiping the love for my niece i'm worshiping my niece because she's now placed at an altar where we have pictures all around i'll have a wallpaper of her for a moment in my computer and we can't even realize that that is actually affecting us yeah it could it definitely could you know i think in some ways if you know if we just have love and admiration for a person like if i have a, a picture of my wife or something like that you know i just have it as a reference point or as a reminder and all that i may not necessarily be worshiping like you might not necessarily but as you dig deeper and you see yourself with the obsession and the and the sacrifice right so there's the sacrifice to be like yo i got to get this picture out on facebook i got to get this picture out on social yep. media i think it's the sacrifice part that you want to sacrifice sleep or whatever to get to push this out that's when you might run into a fine line you know yeah. what i'm saying and it's it's beautiful how ivan described this i think three episodes back he Shout said you, ivan. you don't post it you boast it Oof, <laughs> boasting it <laughs> boasting on ivan when right you now. start having to sit down and actually filter in things your picture do a special post spend like five minutes just to make sure the audience or your audience make sure you look good Mm. You have to present yourself in a Get good Get that Photoshop in. Yep. Make sure you take the right, Instagram the good side. Filters. The good side, you know. I have a bad side, I guess. <laughs> but who's who's to say bad or good? Um, something to note. This is something that in my class, um, I'm just recently getting out of Old Testament studies. Shout out to my professor. But he said something in one of his lectures. He said, idolatry can be found in the core of these things spoken about in 1 John 2.16. And this is how the verse goes. For all that is the world, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. 
and it's pa- yeah, it, the world is passing away and the lust of it, but those who trust in the will of God abide forever. Oof. Oof. It's all passing away. Yep. It's all going away. It's your your this iPhone 4S, that was the thing when it came out, and just what? It's passing it's already passed away. It's gone. I don't even get reception on this thing. I hardly get reception. And passing away. Aren't, aren't they stopping putting updates now too as well? Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, you just yeah. got the text. Yeah. <laughs> but we have here as well John Calvin, um, John Calvin, not Carvin. It's John Calvino. <laughs> two different people. Juan Calvino. John Calvin wrote, We are all continually tempted to make temporal things into ultimate things, and so we must be on guard against idolatry in our hearts. I think he also said, he was quoted in saying, The heart is an idol factory. You know, we would make an idol out of anything, anything at any time. Um, there was, there was um, a story on Martin Luther's life where, um, and I got this from R.C. Sproul's book, The Holiness of God. Ooh, good book. Yeah. And, uh, and he talks about the story where basically as... You know, as as uh, Martin Luther was examining himself and he was he kind of got confronted with um, understanding the laws and the reality that he wasn't measuring up to God's standard. So he knew God has a had a standard. And so every day he would go to the confessional because he was Catholic. So he would go to the confession booth and and speak to the priest or whoever was there. And he would spend hours just confessing things that he did the day before. And it got to the point where the person he was confessing to was like, hey, Martin, like, my man, I get, like, you're taking it to to extreme. Because the things he was confessing was like, yeah, because he was a monk. So if you, you don't know who Martin, I'm not talking about Martin Luther King Jr. I'm talking about Martin Luther. So Martin Luther was a monk. And, and so if he, you know, he's in a monastery, he's eating. And the things he would confess would be like, I looked at my neighbor's uh, potatoes, and he had more potatoes than I did. So I just coveted his potatoes. I envied him for having more potatoes or a better piece of meat or like crazy, like stuff that is legit because he's looking, he looked so deep into the reality of his idolatry and the reality that he couldn't escape sin. No matter how good of a day he was having, he was recording all the instances in which he was sinning in any, any given day to the degree that he was spending hours confessing the sins that he had committed the day before. And you can look at that and say, you can, you can say, oh, I admire that because he looked. But you can also say he has an eye. He's, he's, he's even sinning in that because his idol is you know is is righteous is self-righteousness his his ability to not sin and which he couldn't do he couldn't accomplish it so he was freaking himself out i think at one point he had an ulcer and um you know going through anxiety and depression all that and then when he he got confronted with the gospel when he understood the book of romans it just everything lifted for him it was like yo is this thing called grace and he just was mind blown was that the reality was he could never measure up to god's standard he could never measure up to perfection 
when you really measure yourself, not against yourself and not against the people next to you. Oh, I'm better than this dude because this guy locked up. Uh, he got locked up for committing some crime. I never went to jail, so I'm better than him. Or, you know, my, my cousin does coke and I've never done drugs before, so I'm better than him. But when you really, when you say, okay, that person is not the standard. God's the standard. Perfection is the mm -hmm. standard. And when I measure myself up in comparison to a holy God, and I look at my life and I say, I don't measure up in any area. I've sinned in this way, in this way, in this way, and they just like Martin Luther, coveting potatoes. Fam, really? Like he had a bigger piece of chicken or whatever. Like that's that's you could say it's over the top, but that's for real. That's that's the reality of life. And when Martin Luther came in contact with this understanding of grace that Paul explains in Romans, um, he was relieved and he came to worship. And now it was no longer needing to be self-righteous, but relying on the righteousness of Christ and being relieved and having real freedom. You know, when, 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 when Christ talks about, you know, uh, being free indeed or, 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 or living an abundant life. That's what he's talking about. Well, you're not enslaved anymore to, to our past desires, but we're free to worship him and we can forsake idols because once we realize these idols are temporary that they're passing mm -hmm. away you know there's there's freedom and not needing to sacrifice all this money to obtain a status for what for who so you can look at my phone and be like, oh nice phone oh nice picture i like your pic who cares if i do it i do it if i don't i don't like who cares yep that's what christ gives us and it's funny because we can even see in Old Testament, a lot of people like saying, oh, it's only in Old Testament. But in Old Testament, we had the Philistines when they stole the Ark of the Covenant. That's right. They put it next to their god, Dagon. And what would happen every single time? The statue would get knocked down. The statue would break. And then they even said it. It's like, like our god can't even compare to the god of the Israelites. So they had to give back the ark because everything was falling upon them. They started seeing that Dagon, their god, didn't have power. Only the god of the Israel had power. There's only one god. Yep. There so is why god. is it important that we're talking about idols? Idols, uh, idols worship or the worship of idols robs glory and worship from God. That's something we have to understand. We see in scripture, it says God himself saying, I am the Lord. That's my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. And that's crazy. Like, we usually always assume, like, oh, God, uh, we if we give sacrifice to God, like, in ancient times, the pagans, they would always associate that because they had their gods, their gods, they would give to their gods, and in return, their gods will have to give something back to them. Always. You owe me. Yes, like you owe me that. And because I'm doing X amount of things or I'm being religious to that extent, God owes me. So then you turn into a pious, you start pious believer like the Pharisees at the time. They thought themselves religious. So just because they lived or they did everything according to the law, they thought that they were seen as the righteous people. And yet, what did Jesus Christ? He came. He did all just to say that it is finished. Through him, everything is done. So that we can see that we must first seek the kingdom. And then in everything we do, in spirit, in heart, in body, 
everything we have to give it on to God. Because without him, without giving him worship, it's all vain. You know, when um, years ago, about five years ago, six years ago, more than that, mm, six, yeah, about six years ago, um, I, I had gone through a moment like that where, you know, I was serving in a bunch of ministries. Mm -hmm. So I was in my home church and I was, um, you know, I was doing, I was doing youth ministry where G was in, involved in. Uh, I, we, we were doing homeless ministry. So me and G and some other guys, we, we would go out uh, on occasion. We did that for a while. Yeah, we did um, it like for two months. Uh, we did it for two for two months, like every week. And then mm -hmm. I think extensively, we did it for about a year or so. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so we, we did some extensive uh, work, like homeless ministry. I was doing uh, baptism classes. I was doing small groups at my house. I was attending another church, visiting them and and kind of uh, uh, worshiping with some other group. And and then I had um, I was doing concert promotions uh, with uh, shout out to Kingdom Promotions. I was also doing um, and this is all like all at the same time. I was also doing um, I was like an interim youth pastor only for like a few weeks um at a church that they were kind of in a transitions phase and they needed someone to help out and it and it got to the point where i was doing all this stuff and i was i was giving of my finance finances too so i was faithful in my tithe but i was also giving sacrificially in other areas on a part-time job and uh and it was at the point where i had to make a decision i have to you know marry my wife right mm -hmm. I, I, I had been engaged for a while and i had to just buckle down be a man and say yo i gotta 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 do this but my prerequisite on god was i had to make this amount per year mm -hmm. because to my calculations again me having the root idol of control according to my calculations in order for me to really provide for my family I have to earn this as a minimum per year. If I don't earn this, then I'm not a man. And your word says that uh, that I'm worse than an unbeliever if I don't provide for my family. Like, so I need to provide for my family. So in those ways, this is not. I just kept throwing things out to God and saying, you're going to give me this. You're going to give me this. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep giving tithes. And I didn't have that as my as my mission. Like that wasn't my heart when I was doing it. Mm -hmm. But it came to the point where, you know, it was a season where the economy was really slow to recover. Uh, because it was it had uh it was during that economic downturn. Uh, and it was slowly recovering, but I couldn't find a job uh, that would pay me the prerequisite that I put on God. Mm -hmm. And um, nor was it something that was complementary to my college degree? So I got to this place where I was just frustrated and I was fed up. And I just literally, I just went in my room one day and just started cursing God out. I was, I was frustrated. I was crying. I had been on like so many interviews and all this stuff. And I was like, yo, F you, God. You know, I do all this. I tithe. I give this. I give that. And you ain't give me, yo, F you, homie. Like I was just mad. And I was like, this whole thing is bogus. This ain't real. Do my Bible. Just like, yo, whatever. Bump that. I went to sleep. I was like, yo, I'm not, I don't even care, dude. I think I, 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 was, I went to bed or I was going to go to bed. I woke up. All I remember was I have, I have this, uh, like, 
tall mirror in my room and I just looked at the mirror and like I heard within myself I heard as I'm staring at the mirror like look at yourself look at how complex you are look at your thoughts look at your desires look at the way you move look at your hands look at all the systems that are in your body the skeletal system the uh, neurological system the muscular the muscular system the you know uh, all the all the systems that exist within you your 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 digestive system your re reproductive system, all the all those things now you know that didn't happen by chance because you're too complex just you for that so take a breath and think and be still like it was like that type of confrontation and i just stood there and i looked at myself and i was like yo i'm tripping like clearly when i say god is bogus i was like, clearly i was just upset so i was like you're right god now he's like now now that you've acknowledged me again now that you've woken up hello i'm here everything that you said and you're you're putting on me that i owe you i owe you nothing i don't need you here i don't need your sacrifices none of the people you minister to need you you sin constantly so you deserve wrath so what's the upside for me here to give you what and how so you do all this just for your benefit yo Boom, my brain like exploded because I, rea I realized at that moment, everything that I was doing had become an idol. Even if at first it wasn't idolatry, it had become an idol in the moment because I was putting prerequisites on God and I was holding that to him. Yo, when I came to that confrontation, I just repented and I got out of everything. I got out of every ministry. I said, yo, I can't do this. And some people who remember me from, from the church I used to attend, um, you know, they probably like, oh, he dipped out, something happened, whatever. That's what happened. And it was during that time that he made me realize that I have nothing except him. Who do I have in heaven but him? Who do I have on earth but him? It's only him. And when I came to that reality and I was like, you know what? He's everything. Mm -hmm. I made a decision. I said, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to marry my wife. I'm just going to marry her. What, what, why am I putting all these prerequisites on God? I'm just going to marry her with what he's blessed me with currently. I'm going to be content with what he's given me. And I'm going to trust him. And if nothing comes of this, praise God. If he gives me everything that I've asked for, praise God. Either way, may God get the glory. And yo, when I made that decision, I went to my fiance at the time and I told her, boom, 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 this was going to happen. And we backed out all the ministries. We said, yo, we need to focus on just, just worshiping God and getting back into the our first love. He literally opened up every door for me to make the money prerequisite that I had put on him. One, a job that I wasn't seeking out. Everything else I saw out. This he brought to me, like literally. The money I was seeking after. Um... He, he, he took me from that church home, which, you know, love that church home, good people there, 
you know, faithful ministers at that church home. But he took me from that church home and put me around people uh, that were, he took me through a season where I was just around people that were just dissecting the gospel. Like, really teaching me what the gospel was about and how to read scripture and how to live this thing out in community. Yo, it was just bombarding how much God was saturating me with knowledge and and fellowship. The, the you know the 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 the, the fellas from from Kingdom Promotion, shout out to Kingdom Promo, um, you know, Be Love and Champ and and, uh, um, and and all them dudes, Brandon, um, uh, Fifty One, Rob. And it just got me around some other dudes. And then I, I had on, on the side of that, I was going to this other church that was just pouring into my wife and I. It was just crazy. And then eventually I come in contact with Crosspoint. Mm-hmm. And then Crosspoint was like another layer of just, oh, my God, gospel saturate, you know, saturation. And it changed me. All from that moment of realizing how much idolatry I had in my heart. And, yo, and no 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 wordplay like it literally changed my life it changed the outlook of my life the way i see life um crazy i like just reflecting back on it it's like yo i'm mad grateful and it's beautiful um you describing that there is a verse in uh matthew that says whoever loves father uh father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. That is beautiful. Like, I used to always, a lot of you have heard my testimony, just Mike was there present for it. Um, I remember researching extensively. I thought if I could get to X school, at the time it was full sale, I thought if I could get to full sale, I'll start doing my animation, I'll become this animator i'll have my own studio i'll be making this money and i'll have all that i've ever dreamed of and god's just like nobody i don't want you there so he would occasionally shift me and seeing that i was placing myself as an idol or that me being or wanting to be an animator was an idol or the sense of wanting to have that control was an idol so he would start moving me closer and started hinting in my heart that I want you to serve my people. I want you to fully go for me. So I started switching then to another career choice, which was the design. And then I started seeing that money being poured into. And you do make a decent amount of money if you know how to network and you have a decent client base. So I was just like, hey, now I can even start my own company and do that. And God's just like, no, homie. I remember that. Like... I'm going to take you out of that. You're putting idol worship again. So then I get out of that. I see that my family's going through so much stuff. But I'm not noticing that now I've placed my work and I've placed my family as idols. And I moved God away from the picture. And I remember that's when I considered that the the Mike and Geo drought. When we start talking, like, stop talking for a while. Oh, it was crazy. We stopped talking, like, for a year or two years. I don't quite remember exactly what because you occasionally you would see me on facebook but i would just post crazy things about like research and whatever but it started focusing on that and then i moved into a relationship and i remember 
you talked to me the first month of my relationship i was just like yo i think she's the one i think like god put her there and it was just me putting someone else again as an idol i had her like an altar basically i worship her i was spending so much time i was disregarding the things i placed before as my idol which was my family and my job i remember i would be one or two hours of just sleep and then i would wake up and i was like all right i gotta go meet her i gotta go be with her and then things kept going on the relationship broke off and during that moment i felt lost but i was seeing then everything that i was placing an idol i saw that i was narcissistic I saw that I placed her as an idol, so God was not really my focus. And then I would occasionally go with friends, and then God was just like saying, hey, what are you doing? You're completely disregarding me. So then he gave me like a snap. So then I completely turned into God, and I gave him my life, and that's when he said, you said before you wanted to go to school, but the things you talked about, like, theology you talk about uh research you talk about conspiracy you talk about all this stuff and you say you're not adequate enough but yet you're on levels with people who are debating with you and they're actually accepting what you're talking about though they might disagree that just because you don't have a degree but watch what i'm going to do now boom he now he helped me get with the school so now i'm taking classes basically for a cheaper amount I'm not paying that much like I was supposed to be paying occasionally, but I'm getting I'm going to school now. I'm getting my uh, degree of biblical studies and we're now doing this podcast like doors just started opening up without me even really trying. And God's like, I can take care of it. Stop trying to have control. You have no control. Like I'm already doing everything. I know the plans I have set for you. Stop worshiping other gods like stop. And that's something we don't realize is that we like to be so much in control or have something else that is not god and what happens every single time we fail tragically the israelites back in the days they failed every single time they disregarded god when moses came back down from the the mountain what were they worshiping they had aaron shape uh the bull into the golden calf and you see that repeatedly so we have our new phones we have our new clothes just anything that the world may throw at you that you think you can gain control over you end up just like we said in the beginning becoming slaves to it without even realizing it and that's something saddening in the sense but it's also something that makes us stop and actually reflect what are we placing in our lives that is not god yeah college students you know for me it was that way it was it was embedded in my head that it, it once i got my college degree what was sold to me was that once i graduated college this is what i i can expect to earn this is the type of job i'm going to have and i thought it was due to me it was owed to me i was deceived and that became my place of worship that became my place of security I thought it was going to give me security. I thought it was going to give me hope, and it didn't. Um, and you hear that testimony from many people. You hear that uh, even from people that have great accomplishments, athletes and actors and so forth. How many of actors and athletes do you see uh, eventually turning to drugs or alcoholism mm-hmm. or depression or eventually say things like, you know, um, 
is this is this it is this you know i've gotten to this pinnacle and i'm super geeked about it and you know it's that honeymoon phase where oh i got i got this grammy or i got this uh oscar and i'm just so excited and as the years go by it just becomes another thing it just becomes routine and it's not exciting anymore and you're around the same people and you're like okay uh, this isn't as fulfilling as I thought it was. And it's a great accomplishment. I'm excited that I got it, but now I'm just on to something else. And that's life. That's just, we're, we're in a world where we're not, it's not meant to be our ultimate satisfaction. Yep. We're in a world where, where things are, are going to fade. We are naturally people that want pleasure. We want to be satisfied. Mm hmm and when we seek satisfaction and pleasure outside of our creator, out of the one who designed us, and we try to replace that with things like school and technology and relationships and, and clothes and, 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 and followers and food and all kinds of things, we will always come up short. We will eventually, those things will eventually start to taste rancid. Yep. They start to be disgusting to us and and we no longer find pleasure in it we thought we did we did for a season and now we don't find pleasure in it um and that again that's the cycle of life and and i think we we have to come to a point where we can we can acknowledge that and we can enjoy new experiences and we can enjoy you know the things that we have sure you know it's nothing wrong in it of itself to have things to graduate from college to have relationships mm -hmm. but when we put them as the object of most importance and we sacrifice everything for it in support of those idols that i talked about to have influence over other people to be accepted by other people if not you're devastated um to to live in your bubble or to have comfort if not you're devastated um to, to, to have control over your circumstance. If not, you're devastated. And that, that might be a sign that you have uh, problems with idolatry. And, uh, and you see it so much in relationships even when they fight over finances. Mm -hmm. Or if, if the, the husband really, really wants to watch boxing or basketball and the wife really, really doesn't want to watch those things and then she changes the channel or she you know has made plans during super bowl sunday she made plans for you guys to go somewhere and you're like ah and you fight and you get all crazy and you're like this is the one day ah. you're probably protecting your idol and you need to destroy it you need to say no uh, that, that that was that was my reaction i'm cutting that junk off permanently matter of fact throw away your tv you know what i'm saying like get rid of it just dump it go through extremes you know, jesus said you know if your eye causes you to sin man, get rid of that junk you know if your arm get rid of it you know it's, it's this idea that you don't want to get caught up yep. in your sin it's better to to do do away with those objects than than to be complacent and find comfort and, and, and insurance in your sin and just like we said it's nothing is necessarily bad so you can have the phones you can have but don't let it control you and something beautifully written is in first corinthians 10 33 which said i mean 10 31 which says whatever you do 
do it all for the glory of God. And I touched upon that in one of my articles I wrote when I was just starting my blog and just realizing it. Do everything and have everything for the glory of God. Because in the end, everything is from God. That's the beautiful thing about it. And we don't, instead of worshiping the creation, we should start seeing that the creation gives a hint to the creator. So it reveals to us who God is. Just us, us like you were talking about, the system. Just in ourselves, we can see how beautiful he's made us. We all have a purpose. He's known all of, of what's going to happen before it even happens. That being said, we can see the things that we do have, see the things like our family, relationships, but we can't put that over God. Yes, we can say justly that God is a jealous God. He places nothing over himself. He does not need you, but that's the beautiful thing. He wants you, which is essential the gospel. He came for he came down for us. He died for our sins. He didn't have to do all that. He could have just wiped us all out like he did on the flood. But what did he do? He came down, lived with us, taught us, guided us, was the perfect example, died on the cross, took all of our sins, resurrected to show that he has conquered death, and said that if you follow me, you'll be saved, which is beautiful. So, wrapping this up, idolatry. Idolatry is anything that is over or that we devote ourselves to God. So, make sure this is like a, a snap, if you could say. This is God telling you to reflect on life. Seriously sit down. See what you prioritize. See what your focus is. And actually pray about it. You could sit down with your spouse. You could sit down with family. And actually start readjusting your life to focus more on God. This is Proof Beyond Reason. Gotta give a quick shout out to uh, Matthew Movement, our sponsors. Matthew Movement. Where would you believe? Yes, sir. I also want to want to recommend uh if you haven't read the book uh timothy keller counterfeit gods my my boy Gio over here you haven't read this I right you need to borrow this real quick um uh counterfeit gods by timothy keller it's the empty promises of money sex and power and the only hope that matters really dives deep into the concepts we were talking about and some of the concepts from this book um, you know, have been adopted by uh, uh, some of the things that we were talking about. So some of the resources that uh, we used uh, did come from this book. So I definitely, definitely recommend Counterfeit Gods. Check it out. Timothy Keller. Um, but again, this is uh, Mike the Baptist Geology over there. We signing out. Love y'all. You can find us at Proof Beyond Reason at Gmail. YouTube Proof Beyond Reason. Instagram soon coming up so you'll get to see our faces. iTunes iTunes, SoundCloud. All right. Hey, peace. peace.